Welcome to episode one of my brand new podcast, How to Thrive During a Crisis. I'm calling this a masterclass because it's a series of episodes with the intent of helping each one of us during this unusual time that we're experiencing. Let me first introduce myself, and then let's talk about this unusual crisis we are all experiencing together. My name is Christine Belknap. I am a wife of DJ, mom of two girls, Chloe, who is 19, and Carly, who is 16. I'm a sister, a daughter-in-law, friend, cousin, aunt, niece, daughter-in-law, sister-in-law, and also a co-worker and a leader. I'm an Ohio State Buckeye by heart and a Bowling Green State University Falcon by degree. I'm also a member of Delta Gamma Fraternity. I'm a Christian and a believer in Jesus. I like to play tennis, work out, hang out with my friends and family, listen to podcasts, read inspirational stories, study up on personal and professional development, and watch movies and TV. That's my personal side. On the professional side, in my close to 30 years working, I've worked for several different Fortune 500 companies, several different industries, and also spent some time at a big four professional services firm. Most of my work has been in leadership development, training, diversity and inclusion, and organization effectiveness. My purpose and passion centers around helping people become the best leader they can be. Often, this involves developing and delivering leadership development programs and experiences. I am super grateful right now that the company I work for is doing well during this time. Currently, I'm the VP of Leadership Development, Training, and Diversity and Inclusion for a large U.S. retailer. An important point is that this podcast is not affiliated with the company I work for. I'm actually doing this in my spare time. Producing a podcast has always been something I've wanted to do for a long time. With that said, by putting this teaching out there, I'm practicing some of what I'll be teaching in this masterclass. Let's talk for a minute about this crisis that we're living through, and then I'll get to the purpose and reason for this podcast. At the time of this recording, we're all being asked to continue with social distancing and in some cases sheltering in place or quarantining until the end of April. There's a lot of scary news out there. Many of our fellow Americans and humans across the globe are dying from this pandemic. For some people I've talked to, the impact is minimal. Being at home most of the time was part of their daily routine and they're not really phased at all much by this. For others, They've lost jobs, they've been furloughed, they've had to pause their small business, which may actually put them out of business. Many have been forced to face new realities, they're sick themselves, or have lost loved ones during this time. It's a heartbreaking time for some. I have friends in the medical field who are our front lines of defense and offense to this pandemic. All of this can bring about feelings that can be all over the map. And I'm here to tell you that those feelings are okay to have, and we need to feel them and have them to work through to becoming a better person on the other side of this crisis. We will get through this, and with intentionality, we can all get through this as better people. 
As we are all navigating through this crisis, I wanted to put together a free resource to help us all get through this and find ourselves better once we get back to our quote-unquote new normal. What will that new normal be? When will it be? We don't know that yet. But we can navigate through this with what we can control. We can each build resilience, we can build ourselves professionally and personally, and we can advance ourselves in ways you may not even think are possible. In future episodes, we'll do this bit by bit, day by day. Step one of all of this is to know some of the psychology behind what we're going through. Two concepts that I want to share today and will be part of future episodes, I'm sure. Uh, These two concepts are part of how I frame up many different situations, and I know I'll refer to those in in the future, too. Concept number one is the stages of change or grief. You've probably heard this talked about a lot or seen some articles out there on social media, um, but it, the stages of change and grief are important in this discussion because this is where feelings come into play. Ignoring feelings right now is it's nearly impossible, yet if we do ignore our feelings, then it will make it harder to get through the stages of change and grief. This change is not something we asked for. It's out of our control. And to many, it became it came on as a surprise. When there is a change, we will go through different stages. It's in any change, there's always these stages. There's denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. I've personally found myself going through these stages and then having to adapt daily as there have been more and more changes. Our governors and our leaders in this country, the president, vice president, uh, even some of the mayors of some of the larger cities in America have been holding daily press conferences where they're announcing these additional changes. And it is really hard day by day to continue to adapt and go through these stages of change. On the flip side, I'll show I'll share an example of a change I've been recently going through that has been a positive change. It's a major life change with my family, in fact. Uh, We made the decision back in August to relocate to Nashville. I had a great opportunity for a job change, and I jumped right in. I started with a new company in October with a decision to fully relocate in June or July timeframe of 2020. It's a huge change. On top of this, my oldest daughter, She left to go to college. While this change has been difficult at the same time, my family relationships have strengthened and I've still found ways to socialize with my friends. Now, this is a perfect example of change that I asked for, and it's still at the same time difficult. Even though we are all going through it together, we don't get to acceptance at the same time because we are all different and we are all experiencing this change different. It's because we didn't ask for it. It's because 
this change is difficult. Now, even if we ask for it, it's still hard to get to acceptance of a change all at the same time. However, for my family, having a great deal of conversation, talking about feelings, talking about the future, going through it together, pulling the family along along the way has been really important to get through the change together. Now, with that kind of change, there has been certainty. We've been able to say, okay, by this date, we're going to move, we're going to find a house, we're going to sell our house, etc. Now, I will say at this point, some of the timing is up in the air, but we still know we're going to move forward and find a house and move to Nashville. My advice here and now with this crisis is to stay in touch with your feelings. Talk about them. Know it's okay to feel what you're feeling. Uncertainty during change is scary. If we all had the answers, it would make it so much easier. We can all feel overwhelmed with these changes too. The pivots, the canceling, the juggling, the homeschooling, the new chaos. Not only is it overwhelming, it's also tiring at the same time. And it's okay to feel what you need to feel with no judgment. We don't need to drown in these emotions though. We are strong people. Connect to that inner strength. Connect to your purpose connect to your values, find ways to look towards the future and get clear on your purpose and your values. My hope is that we can all stay positive and at the same time be realistic and at least try to move forward and through this change. There are simple things we can do every day, new and better habits we can create, We can be kind and patient and loving towards others. If we don't redefine ourselves during this time, then the crisis and this change will define us by making us feel like victims and make us bitter in day by day that will create more stress and less resilience. Instead, we can strive to get better day by day and lead ourselves to a better life. I'd like to take a moment and share what this has looked like for me. On Thursday, March 12th, I drove back to Atlanta thinking that I would be back for a long weekend. 17, 18 days later, I am still in Atlanta working remotely. I'm managing a remote team that used to be in the office every single day. And while we were all used to, and I was used to an occasional work from home day, what I'm not used to is everyone being remote at the same time. My team has been amazing with adapting. However, there are challenges. We've had to learn and really get used to a new technology for connecting with each other. We've had to change our priorities shelve some projects. We sometimes use video platform, which those of us who have worked from home from time to time are not used to having to do. And that that gives a level of vulnerability. Um, We're adapting to a new daily rhythm. Those are some of the challenges that, that we're dealing with, but we're working through them and working through them together. 
Since my family has been spread in three different states for the past six months, we've had to adapt to being together again. It, it did take us a little bit of time up front, um, kind of spreading out and going our own separate ways. Chloe came back from school, from college, expecting to be here for maybe two or three weeks. And now she'll finish up her freshman year from Florida State remotely. We've been fortunate to start having family dinners again then and doing it every single night. I'm cooking again. We're playing games and learning new card games. We're having fun together and also making sure we have our alone time. FaceTime social calls. I love these with my friends and family. I feel grateful when I get to talk to my friends and family and see everyone's faces. My daily schedule, I'm getting up at 7.15 every morning, taking a shower, getting my coffee, taking vitamins, getting a little breakfast, then going into my private workspace, starting my day, saying good morning through Microsoft Teams, getting started with my day. I also have a couple of tight circles of friends who I would consider my tribe. We group chat via text every day, and I have some friends that I individually text with as well. After a full workday, I'm either taking a walk, trying to work out, or jumping straight into dinner making, then social time with the family. We're trying to go to the grocery store one or two times per week. And contrast this with just a year ago when we were all together under one roof, we went to the grocery store way too much. It's hard to admit, but it's true that sometimes we went every single day to the grocery store or we went out for dinner. Church, I'm attending church online and I've also been going, probably attending more church services online. I find it really refreshing on a Sunday to sit and listen to the different pastors that I enjoy. I also am really trying to continue my daily habit of listening to the daily audio Bible. I will admit that I've gotten behind in that as I used to listen to it while I was either getting ready in the morning or on my commute, but I've been listening to the Daily Audio Bible for at least 10 years now, and that's an important part of my day. I'm also, as a family, we're getting ready for the move. Um, Definitely an acceptance that our move is delayed, but I'm in denial that it will be delayed a long, long time. I'm hopeful that we can make this move very soon. We're getting our house ready for sale, packing up things where we can. I honestly don't know how we would have gotten ready for this move without this time. Our lives just a year ago were way too busy. It was chaotic moving in so many directions, it was oftentimes really hard for me to keep track of everything that was going on in my personal life, let alone keeping track and keeping things moving forward in my professional life. So right now I'm resting now in the structured days, grateful for the time together with my family, at the same time, staying realistic that the world is in this crisis, and I'm keeping myself updated on what is happening. 
I heard a podcast or someone talking today about productive worry, and I do find myself worrying about what is taking place at the same time. I'm trying to make that productive. So while I stay on top of the news, I'm not diving into the news. I'm not watching it minute by minute, watching the pandemic spread. I know and trust that we have leaders in this country who are watching that, and I don't need to stay up to date minute by minute on what is happening there. Uh, The trick for me is really just to stay informed enough, enough so that I know what is happening and I feel a little bit of control over that. What's hard for me is to watch people who are not making good choices and living the best they can live and helping the rest of us end up living the best life we can live. And what this simply is, to me, and what I've come to understand is individuals who are not making really good choices right now, they're they're simply coping. And I really want more for individuals who are simply coping. I want more for all of us. We cope when we don't feel in control of a situation. Finding control amidst the chaos of a crisis is what will help each one of us find the strength and resilience to get through this and be better because of it. One of the things that's helping me find a little bit of control is planning out our weekly meals. That helps me feel in control of the situation of being at home, and I'm also being in control of my family's health. And we'll get to more on that in just a few minutes when it comes to motivation and how we feel motivated. Um, But to get back to coping, when we're coping, we're just surviving. And just surviving keeps us in a very primitive state of mind. And what I mean by that is we'll focus only on the feelings of fear, anxiety, and stress. And this will keep us in the earlier stages of change and will not allow us to get to acceptance and be able to work through the ongoing change that we continue to go through. What really helps us move to the acceptance and motivates us to a better tomorrow is having a more positive, thriving mindset. And what I mean by this is we can lean into our passions, we can lean into what brings us joy, what brings enthusiasm to us, and of course, all with social distancing and health and safety in mind. What we can do to turn off survival mode is to find ways to calm our survival instincts and responses and turn to activate the thrive channels of our brain. Try not to get too neurosciencey here, but we really want to get to that channel of our brain where we feel positive, we feel like we can move forward, we're feeling more confident, and that we can get through this. So what what I want to talk about next is Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So getting back to the example I was giving 
about structuring our weekly meals and things like that, this gets back to Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Um, If you remember from college psychology, Maslow's hierarchy of needs is a pyramid with five levels. And you have to uh, meet the needs of each level before you can move to the next one. So at the very base is meeting physiological needs, such as food and water. The next is meeting safety needs. The next is love and belonging. The next one is esteem and self-actualization is the top one. Self-actualization sometimes feels a little uh, kind of something that's hard to grasp or not really tangible. But what this really is, it's, it's living the best version of ourself. So knowing and understanding these different levels can help you feel more in control and can give you a sense of motivation to get to that next level. So give, getting back to my example of planning out our family meals, what that has done is helped us all meet that physiological need of food and water. And that's simply having my family to know what it is we're going to have to eat uh, day by day. So that need is met. And as far as safety needs, we're washing our hands, keeping the house clean, making sure I'm Lysoling constantly, cleaning off the counters, just that safety to us right now. The love and belonging piece, what we're doing as a family is having that social time at night. And um, for school, they're doing Zoom calls and getting online. For my work, we are doing the uh, coffee chats or check-ins during the day on our group chat. And that's that goes to some of the social needs that we all have. So while we have social distancing, I really think it's important to connect with each other because that helps us all meet the love and belonging needs. But again, it's hard to get there if our physiological needs are not being met and our safety needs are not being met. So it's important to go back and make sure that your family, that yourself, your family are meeting those physiological needs and the safety needs. Over the past decade, many of us have really not had to worry too much about physiological needs or safety needs. You know, food is prevalent. We could go to the grocery store whenever we want. We could go out to eat. Um, We were able to pick up dinner on our way home or meet our spouse or family at a restaurant. It was really, really simple. So getting to that next level of safety was also pretty easy. We felt relatively safe in our country over the past decade, and that's helped us move forward to love and belonging and esteem and, in some cases, self-actualization. So we've been able to move through these and really live our great lives over the past decade, for the most part. We've been able to set higher and higher goals, figuring out how to stay motivated and on a quest to find happiness. With this crisis, we've found ourselves back at level one. Grocery store shelves were being emptied. People were buying up everything, including toilet paper. So immediately, all of us were taken back to that level one. 
So working to get back up the pyramid is really important. Campaigns about washing hands and social distancing to stay safe were starting to happen. All of this was really just a month ago, end of February, beginning of March. If you are an essential worker, you might still be trying to figure out how to stay safe. The personal protective equipment is hard to find, and unfortunately, that that's an important part of staying safe during this pandemic. So you might have also found yourself without income during this time. There's a lot of people who unfortunately are furloughed or have lost their jobs, as I've talked about, and that takes you back to level one as well. So the difficulty of this in combination with the change curve, it's a very different reality that you may just not want to accept yet. Also, important to note here is you cannot be at level five and finding yourself back at level one. You can't be them be at both places simultaneously. So when I hear reporters starting to ask questions about future state and about, you know, to kind of some of those self-actualization questions, it's really difficult, I think, for our leaders because they know that some people are just trying to find food. They're trying to find shelter. And so taking care of America's basic needs, I know, is on a lot of our um, political leaders' minds as well, a lot of our government leaders. What I want to do here is offer hope through this podcast, through this masterclass series and these episodes that I'm going to record. I'm here to tell you, we have a lot of hope. No one ever, ever wants to start over, yet we are all capable of starting over. We all had to start to build our lives somewhere, and we're capable of getting back to where we were. So if you find yourself at that point where you have to start over in a new career, new job, new company, new organization, starting up your company again, we are all capable of doing this and we can all do it. We can be even better after this crisis is over. That place may look different once we are all through this. It And it'll happen at a different pace for each person. Maslow showed us that once we meet the needs on the hierarchy, we will strive for more. It will just take a big intentional reset. And the reset will happen whether we want it to or not. I will opt to do what I can to be intentional about the reset in my life that's going to happen over the next 30, 60, 90 days, it might even last until next year. In future episodes, I will help us to reset our lives, our work, and our leadership. We can each take a step back, focus on getting ourselves and our families through this crisis, while also reprioritizing on what matters the most. I will provide tools and resources along the way to help us with things like possibly figuring out how to do less with less. And in order to do this, you'll need to lean into your values, your purpose, your skills, and understand yourself even better. 
We will all need to learn how to best respond, adjust, and improve for our own situations. Each one of us is in a different place in this journey, and that's okay. So please listen to these episodes. I promise that doing this and engaging with the tools and resources I provide will build resilience in each of us. It will help us get back to living our best life. Until the next episode, please stay positive, be grateful and kind, and most of all, stay safe and healthy.